It's time for Backstage Chats with Women in Music, where the stories and voices of female music makers inspire women like you to be dreamers, to be rule breakers, and to unleash your inner rock star. Podcasting from Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world, here's your host, Thea Wood. Peruvian singer, songwriter, and musician Naya Valdez caught my attention at the Girls Rock Austin Showcase during South by Southwest 2019. Her interpretation of folk pop is infectious, so much so that a largely gringo audience was singing along in Spanish on her cue. Naya's voice is striking against her ukulele and unplugged guitar and percussive accompaniments on stage. You may feel like Naya's music transports you to a colorful, carefree day at the beach. And that's exactly what she wants. Not only is the Latin American music scene going to embrace Naya's new EP, I predict SiriusXM's Margaritaville channel will slip it into their playlist for the Parrotheads. me 
Welcome to another episode of Backstage Chats with Women in Music. I'm your host, Thea Wood, and today we are calling long distance to Lima, Peru. That's right. And we are talking to what I believe is the hottest thing coming out of Peru toward the United States. And her name is Naya Valdez. Naya, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me here. Oh, you're so welcome. You know, we had an opportunity to see you for the first time at South by Southwest this year in Austin, Texas. And, you know, it was just so exciting. We were really thrilled to be able to connect with you and ask you to be on the show. Thank you for taking the time to be here. Well, it was amazing. I mean, uh, being in South by Southwest has been an amazing opportunity here. Uh, It was my first big tour and to find so much like good vibes from people. That's great. I'm so happy to still be in touch with you and with people from Austin, even since I came back to Lima. Oh, I see. Those, this is what the spirit of South by Southwest is all about. And in an effort to get to know you better, because our audiences, especially here in the United States, are just starting to hear about your name, we're going to start off with our famous set of questions called the Shakedown. Are you ready to answer the Shakedown questions? I'm so ready. Okay, here we go. The first question is, who was your first concert? Okay, my first concert, this is a weird one, okay? Floricienta, that's the artist. She was a novela artist here in, like, Latin America. She was Argentinian, and all the little kids wanted to go see her, so I went. Oh, how old were you? I was, like, seven years old, maybe. Oh, oh, wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so next question. What was the first album that you bought with your own money? The first album that I bought with my own money was the AM album by Arctic Monkeys. I no really kidding. Yeah, I love them so much. I actually <laughs> just saw them yesterday here in Lima. They came, they're touring now. Oh, fantastic. Okay, well, that was very unexpected. I did not think Ar- Arctic Monkeys would be that uh, answer. All right, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, which artist or band is in heavy rotation on your Spotify or Deezer right now? It's an artist called Jorge Drexler. Um, he's an Uruguayan artist. He does amazing lyrics. I love him so much. I've seen him live twice. I'm an amazing fan of him. I have like almost every song he has made on my rotation. Okay, so now our fans know to look him up and uh, check out his music, <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. Um, also next, which woman has had the most influence on your career? Okay, so there's two women actually. Um, one is called Natalia Laforcade. She's a Mexican artist. She does beautiful music. She's doing like a lot of fusion. I don't know if you have heard of her in Austin. And the second one is Mon Laferte. She's a Chilean artist. Both Latin American. I love them both. I think they both bring so much to my project, to my musical project. Oh, fantastic. Our last question is, what is one life goal you'd like to accomplish before climbing that golden stairway to heaven? <laughs> uh, one of the biggest goals I would like to accomplish is to go play at a live concert and see the people in the audience know my songs like by heart. 
Yes, I, you know what, I, I cannot imagine what the thrill is. I've only performed uh, in church choirs, but to be in front of a large <laughs> audience on a big stage, the rush, I can only imagine how exciting. So here's my question for you. In Lima, growing up, at, well, first of all, tell our audience, how old are you now? Well, I'm 21 years old. You're 21. You're already traveling the world with your music. What was it like growing up in Lima and where did that musical inspiration come from? In Lima, I mean, everything was amazing. It's pretty sunny here. So I went to the beach a lot. I like to go to the ocean. I'm pretty like, I mean, we call it like um, aquatica. So I, I love, I love the ocean. I love the pool. I love summer. When I was younger, I was much tanner than I am now. It was a great childhood. I lived in a beautiful place in Lima. It's called Miraflores. So lot of lots of parks, uh, lots of places where I could be able to play and be creative. And also, I had a very big musical influence when I was younger because my dad's a musician. He's a keyboard player. And he was in a reggae band when I was younger. He also works as a musician. He's a musical producer. So he did um, sort of advertising music when I was younger. And we did lots of uh, CDs for younger people. So like kids CDs with this project is called Aprende Cantando. So it was kid songs. And I sang with him. I was like five, six years old, maybe less. And I was already at the studio singing for this CD that like taught me how to be loose in front of um, the studio and also like to sing confidently when I grew up. So ever since I've been really young, I wanted to be a musician. Well, and it's funny because people will think, oh, she's only 21, but you Mm -hmm. actually have a vast career behind you that started at a very young age. So while, you know, you may be 21 experience wise, you might be closer to what somebody who's 30 years old might have might be going through if they started performing later in life yeah it's been very helpful to like be able to have access to all the things I do because I mean maybe some people that are musicians in my country don't have the access to um, studio rooms where where they can rehearse or record and I do have that I have that in my house because my dad does it for a job so um, it's it's amazing because I can do my music as comfortably as I can uh at any moment i did it since i was seven years old my first song i the first song i did with was uh was with like a piano instructor of mine that was friends <laughs> with my dad and i did it at seven years old we recorded it we did it as gifts for christmas but well i started doing my own music like um i don't know like four or five years ago like very consistently and I haven't stopped since. Well, when you were in Austin, I saw you as a trio uh, with two other musicians. Uh, do you usually have a touring trio band or do you typically work solo? How, how do you set up when you're on the road? How does that work? Well, I don't travel solo. Uh, actually, South by Southwest was my first tour. So it was good because I got to know like what a big tour is on my first experience. And yeah, we I think we'll do it like as a trio. We have uh, some members of the band here in Lima. It's a five people band. And okay. like that's for special occasions. So I think for touring, it's a little bit better if like it's, it's less full, so it's more comfortable. 
but uh, yeah, my first tour was at South by so I don't like usually tour is coming up like next week. So you you arrive at South by Southwest, and you're in Austin. I take it it was your first time in Texas. It was okay. So you arrive at South by Southwest. It's your first time in Austin, Texas, and I'm curious, mm-hmm. what was the cultural change like what were some of the differences or maybe even surprises that you found about Austin Texas so the culture is very different from here in Peru we don't have as much immigrants here so um like it's it's we mostly have Hispanic people like people that speak Spanish uh not a lot of immigrants some people from the United States come here to see Machu Picchu and like that's that's pretty much all we have. But South by Southwest had people from all around the world, different cultures, different, like, I don't know, everybody, like, dressed so differently. And everybody looks so creative. I don't know. I was in the street, and I could see somebody and say, like, I love your hair. And we started talking because it was very good vibey you know the vibe yes. there was amazing everybody wanted to speak to each other everybody wanted to get to meet like different cultures so it was amazing to be in a place where there were people from everywhere around the country the country everyone around the world everybody wanted to be nice like <laughs> we don't see that much that much of that here in peru people aren't i mean we're not mean but it's a little more like messy here, you know? Everybody's doing their thing, everybody's busy, and I mean, nobody wants to be bothered. Like, um, you can't just speak to somebody on the street and expect an answer. They're gonna think that you're like trying to steal from them or something. Well, and I think that that's part of the magic of music is it is the great uniter. And it's a common language that artists and fans speak that draw us together. Um, And when you're traveling, I personally think that seeing concerts is a fantastic way to meet other people in other cities and uh, learn about their cultures. And of course, about our similarities. Also, one of the things that I found that it was like really interesting in Austin, it was that like there was a big community that listened to music. So even in like, I don't know, I got to meet so many different kinds of communities because there was in two Latin American showcases. So most of the people there were um, like they, they spoke Spanish. Um, that was great. I did my concert in Spanish. But then when I did uh, the non-official concert at Girls Rock Austin, mm-hmm. that was very different because there were people that just wanted to have some lunch, people from Austin, people that came like you know, for traveling. Also lots of Latino artists, but different sort of like the 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 public was different people were nice as well everybody was nice and there was a lot of people that are interested in music there so here in Peru it's a little bit different you have to travel to uh outside of Lima to see that kind of interest you know for bands I see Uh, I see yeah I mean music is like a really starting it's, it's a very young business here it's starting up just like a couple of years ago, 
there's not much information here about how to be a successful musician because we don't have as much people that consume music in Lima. When you I go see. outside of Lima, you can see that, but it's not that common here. So you can imagine my surprise going to Austin and seeing that kind of <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and speaking of the music, um, I know that Kore is a very popular official video that you have on YouTube. And you have followed it up with Julieta. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, you've got a new single that's coming out in two days on March 29th. Uh, would you like to talk to our audience a little bit about that? The, the name of the single is called Helado de Mango. That means mango ice cream in English. And it's a little bit of a different genre. So I almost always like to do like chill music, to be relaxed. This time I went a little crazy with that. I wanted people to dance to it. wanted people to feel weird. Because it has a little bit of um, reggaeton, which is this genre that's popping up everywhere. But I don't do it the same way as many reggaeton artists you know I do you have like you, you have your own twist to it yeah of course I mean many like reggaeton artists do very nasty lyrics mm -hmm. um, sometimes they can be a little bit offensive I don't like that I don't do that I actually much prefer a lighter lyric that can feel make you feel refreshed I like to play it live because uh, people really dance to it and live through it. Once in Lima, I played that song and a girl from Miami started dancing like very, very vigorously. Miami people are party people. Oh, yes, and they are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> and that's kind of a theme in all of your songs, I think, is very uplifting, very refreshing. There is a youthful sensibility to it that brings happiness and I know that you know it's hard for us as adults to maintain that happiness how mm -hmm. is your message in your songs how do you want that to affect your adult audience what is what is your goal there so as I've started growing up I noticed that I don't really think the same way as most adults I actually have a very, very present inner child. I am a really positive person. I like to keep myself positive as much as like life brings you down. I think you should almost every time try to be up and, and, and fight it because I think that, I mean, we only have one life. We have to live it at its fullest. Even when we're, when we're older, even when we're adults, we don't have to forget to have fun you know when we we're kids we have so much fun and my songs actually have a lot of that inner child in them I want people to connect with their inner child the way I do and that's why I do the music that I do it's very positive it's very light because I don't think we need more stress in our lives we already have so much of it and music is to be relaxed and fun you know what? I agree. I, there's there's enough out there, especially in the political climate right now, that can weigh us down. And having that moment of lightness and uh, carefree uh, attitude is something to take that stress away and something to help uplift the soul again. And um, I know you're coming out with an EP. Uh, will there be more of that type of attitude on the EP? Yeah, very much so. So the EP is going to be four extra songs 
besides the six songs that I already released. And those are going to be new songs. They're going to be a little bit more of the vibe, I don't know, of the Julieta and Corre. I have a little bit of everything, you know? Everybody gets overwhelmed. So there's a couple of songs that talk about that. But most of it, I want to be happy, to be light, to be like for people to reflect and feel comfortable with. Uh, the EP is going to be up in, I think, either April or May. And El Lado de Mango, which is my upcoming single, it's going to be out in two days, actually. It's going to be out with a video clip on 29th. So if you're over there, you like the music I do, I would love it if you could listen to it. It's a little bit of a different vibe, but I'm pretty happy with it. Well, we will definitely be sharing it with our audience listeners. And uh, one last thing, um, I know that you've got the EP coming out. That's a really big deal for 2019. Do you have any touring plans to support the new music? I do, actually. Um, Ever since I returned to Peru from South by Southwest, there has been so many opportunities to tour, which has made me like very happy. I'm going to Huancayo, which is a city here in Peru. Outside of Lima, I'm going to be sharing my music there. That's great. I actually met some artists from Colombia and Mexico uh, when I was at South by Southwest, and they also want to come to Peru. So maybe the opportunity happens for me to go there. I would love to go to Mexico, and I would so differently want to go to Colombia. I'm pretty sure next year I'm going to go to South by Southwest again with my EP released. And I'll be playing the songs from the EP too, because I love South by Southwest so much. We would definitely like to see you again at South by Southwest. <laughs> and I did hear a little, uh, Birdie told me, and they could be wrong, that maybe you're looking for a booking agent in the United States. Is that right? Well, I actually would like that. Yeah, because um, we had a PR team when we came to the United States. Uh, that allowed me to do several like nice amazing interviews and to have the venues that I had and I would like a booking agent on the United States so I can travel there and you know just tour for for a couple weeks that would be great okay well we're helping you put the word out on that and hopefully we'll get some (laughs) responses and get you back here because I think that in the United States, we, like you said, we are a melting pot. We have people from everywhere. And I think that they would really enjoy listening to your style of music. Um, this folk, pop, Latina sound is just, I think, exactly where we're headed in uh, music trends right now. And cannot wait to share your music and, and everything that we know about you with uh, the folks here in the United States. So. Thank you so much for appearing on Backstage Chats with Women in Music. Um, Our podcast is thrilled to have you with us, and we hope to be able to catch up with you again, maybe next time when you're in the U.S. I would love that. I'm so glad I got to meet you, and I'm so glad I got to have like this podcast. It's amazing to be having this connection with people from Austin, even when I came back here. It was so good to be there. I'll most definitely be coming back. And I would love to see you when I come back. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, here we are at the end of another episode of Backstage Chats with Women in Music. If you would like to learn more about Naya Valdez and her music, you can go to our show notes page 
backstagechats.com will list that as well as links to her video and her social media pages. So get on it and remember that we love these ladies. Why? Because they remind us to be dreamers, to be rule breakers, and that we are all rock stars. Thank you very much. Hit the subscribe button and never miss an episode of Backstage Chats with Women in Music. This podcast is a production of the Backstage Chats Foundation, a nonprofit that is on a mission to eliminate gender disparity in the music industry by amplifying the voices and careers of women in music. You can make a difference by donating to the cause. Visit backstagechats.com and click the donate button today. This episode was produced by Allison Holly.